thank you for joining us on Love That Voiceover, where we explore the people and projects behind the microphone in depth. Hi, this is Dave Fenoy. Friend me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and keep listening to Love That Voiceover with the lovely Rebecca. Hey, all you chic geeks, it's Love That Voiceover, and I'm Rebecca, and I am here with a fantastic man, sometimes known as Some Audio Guy, also known as Juan Carlos Bagnell. Welcome, Juan, Some Audio Guy. Well, thank you so much for having me. We're so happy to have you and excited. Now, let me give you guys a bio on Juan. He's a freelance voiceover director living in Los Angeles in Hollywood and has been recording, <laughs> producing, and directing VO for well over a decade. And after building a solid reputation at Abrams Artists Talent Agency as a booth director and assistant, Juan moved over to casting. And now is, has been working with the longest-running voiceover casting company on the West Coast, The Voice Caster. He has an education in theater arts with a family history of engineering. This is totally fascinating, one. I love this. <laughs> and so he says that he's equally as adept at directing the actor as he is at capturing the performance. So uh, he's got some techno as well as some artistic creative juices. He has an established track record of radio, TV, and web production and guides actors and also works with a lot of people in production in all kinds of voiceover work. So what I'd like to do is spotlight your role, your various roles, really, because I think it's so much fun, your background and the things that you do. I can't wait to tell people about. <laughs> yeah, and then... I can't wait for you to tell them. It's, <laughs> I'm excited. You're going to tell them. You're gonna, I'm going to bring it out of you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, really, to, you know, the, the status, the current status, the 2.0 of commercial casting from a Los Angeles perspective, which I think will be fascinating. I want to know, you know, what you think is happening. So first, I really want to talk about your background. You say you have a family history of engineering. Um, I just want to say that I can relate because my mom is more of an artist and a real creative mm -hmm. feeling type. My father is an MIT grad, has a yep. PhD. And so I really get that sort of engineering thing, mathematics and organization right. and love of technology and sci-fi, I assume. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was raised on Doctor Who and Star Trek. And uh, it, it's, it, you know, it's just, you know, how we would spend Sunday mornings was watching Captain Kirk, you know, run down the hallways of the Enterprise. <laughs> so uh, what did he say? Beam me up, Scotty, and all those you other know, things. He never, he never actually said that no in the way. course of the show. No, no that's true. The, the phrase beam me up, Scotty, was never, it was never uttered in the original Star Trek. You even have trivia on me. That's fantastic. <laughs> So where did you grow up? Well, uh, I grew up all over the United States. Uh, my dad was military. He was in the Air Force. Um, oh. That's how he paid for college. And so uh, uh, we moved around uh, a, lot of, a lot of scientific hubs. So like we spent a lot of time in New Mexico. My dad got his PhD in Ohio because there's an Air Force, the Air Force Institute of Technology, AFIT, is oh. in Ohio. So I got to see uh, Wright-Patterson, which is supposedly where the uh, wreckage from uh, um, uh, from uh, the alien crash was sent to. Oh, my God. Did you feel uh, anything? Did you see anything worth repeating right now? 
Uh, nothing that I could I can officially discuss with civilian channels. Oh, I'd have to kill me, and the interview would be over. Okay. Right, we just got started, and you know, <laughs> this, is, this is working really well. So yeah. I don't want to interrupt. That. Thank you. But, Forgive me but, for yeah, asking, the, but whereabouts in Ohio is this place? It's it's in Dayton, Dayton, okay. Ohio. It's okay. uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base, and the the myth is that the alien remains were sent to Hangar 18, and mm. I actually got to walk into Hangar 18, and it's. Pretty much just a big empty hangar. <laughs> Damn. You know, I was born on July 18th. That's, Ooh. that's a numerological coincidence that I'm sure <laughs> we'll need to investigate. But it was empty. What good is that? Well, Sucks. it's, you know, a lot of that stuff they didn't, you know, from that time period, you don't really need to use anymore. We're talking, you know, what, the 50s? So yeah. we've moved on. It's, it's okay. <laughs> and so tell us about you moving on. You, you, you did bounce around a bit being, did you say it was in the Air Force? Yes, an Air Force baby, basically. Yeah, I, I was an Air Force brat. And, uh, you know, every couple of years, you're, you're going to a new school, you're, you're having to sort of reinvent yourself. Um, when you're young, it's exciting because you can... You can be whoever you want to be. You yeah. Know, you can sort of. And how did you, you end know? up in L.A.? Uh, after after I, uh, I graduated college, um, it was uh, yeah, I, I had I had met my wife and we had just gotten married and we were talking about where we wanted to work. And see, I was going to be the black sheep in the family. I was going to be a performer. Ah. So I, I went to UNM for theater production and performance and uh uh, almost minored in dance while wow. also studying psychology. You even have moves uh, with the brain oh, yeah. and the feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually pretty good. You know, wow. I, I still, I still, I still teach workshops occasionally. Wow. But uh, so uh, we we were talking about where we wanted to go, and um, the the fad at the time was to try and go to New York because that sure. was that was like the more artistic whatever place to go. Right. But uh, we um we looked at our prospects. We took a frank look at what where we wanted to end up. And uh, uh, in my senior year of of, of uh, at at UNM, um, I, I had really sort of sort of rekindled an interest in voiceover. And so when we were looking at where we wanted to go, LA seemed to be the better fit. I um, see. It just no, seemed to be more voiceover. Rekindled. Forgive me for interrupting, but rekindled. You had already had an interest in voiceover. It sounds like well. It was really, really young when yeah. I figured out that voiceover could be a job. Um, this is something I even wrote about on my blog where I I, I figured out, I, I want to say I couldn't have been more than like seven or eight, but I'm watching an episode of Knight Rider where Kit has <laughs> to face his evil twin car, oh my car, yes. A-A-R-R, which I believe stood for Knight's Automated Roving Robot. Um, and the voice sounded really familiar and I figured out that that was the same voice that was the voice of Optimus Prime. And I told all my friends and all my friends that I was an idiot because Optimus Prime was a good guy and Carr was a bad guy. <laughs> and, um, that's, that's when I kind of clicked. I kind of wow. figured that out. And for a long, that's long cool. time, I sort of let that go because I also wanted to be an astronaut and I also wanted to be a rock star. Of course. Um, but uh, back in college, I, uh, I took a class uh, called Entry, Entry to the Craft. And it was supposed to prepare you for the realities of actually working as an actor. Oh, you mean it wasn't um, witchcraft? Okay. No, no. no I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a Wiccan. I'm fairly agnostic. You'll, I'll, I'll apologize. Um, <laughs> But uh, so and one of the very, very small segments on that in between, like trying to teach you how to like get your headshots taken was also, oh, and there's this thing called voiceover. 
And so I, uh, I got involved with that. And out of that, I uh, started working with a local radio station, Radio Lobo, uh-huh. um, while also producing new segments for the college website, which at the time, this was the late 90s, um, was one of the few college websites that was streaming audio. So you know, like news broadcasts of people actually recording. So it was a while before podcasting was popular. Nice. And uh, so I was producing segments for that. And then uh, I worked with one of the local talent agencies out there to also you know, do things like cut demos for actors you and record really auditions. You were really familiar. Yeah, much. Very good. Okay, cool. So then you and, and your that, wife decided to move to L.A. That's right. And so at the time, I was actually making my living um, selling high technologies equipment to Department of Energy facilities. Uh, I, I was doing a lot of work with Los Al- Alamos National Labs and Sandia National Labs. And so I took that and I uh, we actually moved out here uh, working with a different company, so that I could sell business corporate technology uh, to businesses, you know, like computer relations. So you continuously have this like tech thing going on on the side. It's like part of your life. It's just part of your blood. Oh, yeah. And then you moved to L.A. And how did you get involved in voiceover in L.A.? Or was it with Abrams or? You know, it it was. I went directly to Abrams Artists. Do not, you know. Start at the top. I did. I absolutely did. Um, so I, I was selling. Uh, I was selling corporate sales through a uh, PC mall, and uh, didn't really enjoy it very much. Uh, it wasn't nearly as cool as working with you know Department of Energy facilities. Mm. And yeah. so, uh, so uh, one day my, I come home from work, and my wife says, "Oh yeah, there were some job postings that I think you might be interested in. One of them was Abrams Artists, and um, I was like a week late." To getting to the to the uh, posting, so I figured ah, they they've probably already hired someone, but I'll 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 shoot him my resume. Right. So I shoot him my resume, and uh, at the time I had a really crappy cell phone, and I never got the call that they gave me. Apparently, like oh the, the day after I sent my resume, gave me a call. So like a week later, I'm cleaning out my voicemail, and I hear, oh, and this is Marna from uh, Abrams Artists, and we were really interested in meeting with you about the uh, position for a booth director. And now I'm freaking out. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm inconsolably upset that, you know, I've missed this call. Yeah. So I give them a call back just on the off chance. Maybe they still need help. I don't know, but I can't let that go. No. And and they, uh, I give them a call back. I explain the situation. They're like, oh, well, we still haven't filled the position. I'm like, yes. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I, I meet with them. Uh, I meet with uh, the head agent there, Mark Matchers. And uh, he, uh, I give him like, you know, a, a sample reel of my work. Like, like I'm trying to not be an actor. Like I really didn't move out to LA to be an actor, but I give him a sample of the editing work that I've done and the demo work that I've done and the production work that I've done. And he seems to like it enough that he, uh, he passes me up to Harry Abrams, the, uh, the Abrams and Abrams artists. Sweet. And uh, after that, wait, I wait, was, wait, wait! Describe your feelings in that moment. Was this all in the same appointment, right? So he passed. Oh no, you. they 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 made me come back. Okay. So so it was it was a nerve wracking couple of days. I uh, bet. A little sweaty palms, a little. <laughs> well, and just because you walk into that situation already like at a disadvantage, you know, like man. I need to prove to them that I'm professional enough to to handle this job, but I'm not professional enough to check my voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> You're already having hurdles in front of you. Exactly. Oh, my God. 
Um, but Harry, Harry seems to, you know, seemed to think that I was, I was worth a shot. So, uh, I, I didn't even have to go through the mail room. I went directly to the booths down uh, at Abrams. It was back when the voiceover department was on a separate floor from the rest of the commercial department. And, uh, I worked there for a little over two years. So what was it that sold them? What do you think you- it was? You know what? I I think it was the combination of having a technical and artistic background. You know, I I had a resume full of directing credits, college directing credits, and the fact that I walked into their booth and was already knowledgeable of all of the equipment that they were using to record voiceover. It wasn't a very complicated setup. It was a pair of 416s, a Mackie mixer, and a computer, but they were even using software that I was familiar with. So by the time one of their agents was done just walking me through the uh, the setup, I was already... Or able to uh, use it all. And I was already it. able to use that. And I think that was, to be perfectly honest, I think that was the bigger deal than the artistic side. But they felt, I think they felt comfortable that, you know, I, I, I could at least talk to actors. Yeah, you I could relate uh, with everything that was going on on exactly. a creative level as well as run the engineering side. Right. And so for, for them, I, I think that made me uh, at least worthy of. <laughs> You're a least... hot commodity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, that guy's going places. Yes. You know. Sweet. So how long were you at Abrams and, and what were your best stories? Oh, man. Uh, there were so many really cool aspects of working at Abrams. Um, I was there for a little over two years. Uh, I think. I think one of the one of the most fun uh, recording sessions I ever had was uh, with Richard Dreyfus, who Ooh. I can't even I can't even claim I, I directed that session because you don't direct Richard Dreyfus. He is one of the craziest, like just most creative individuals I think I've ever had the pleasure of pushing record on. <laughs> um, and you know, you basically. For 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 this one little session that he needed to use our booth for, um, you basically just push record and and you wait until he's said all of the words in the script that he's doing, mixed throughout, just random insights and his own in the moment critiques of his performance, and it, <laughs> you you're basically just along for the ride. Sweet. Um, well, we're going to wait, the, wait, wait. I'm going to hold oh, you ahead. on this. We're going to come back to Richard Dreyfus and find out about the juicier <laughs> tidbits. We're going to take a real fast break. We'll be right back. Hang on. You've been listening to Love That Voiceover, brought to you by your host, lovethatrebecca.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 